treating this as an attempt to raise the price still further, made as if they would leave the shop. But at this point the parlor door opened, and the owner of the dark fringe and the little eyes appeared. She was a coarse-featured, corpulent woman, younger and very much larger than Mr. Cave. She walked heavily, and her face was flushed. "'That crystal is for sale,' she said, "'and five pounds is a good enough price for it. "'I can't think what you're about, Cave, "'not to take the gentleman's offer.' Mr. Cave, greatly perturbed by the interruption, looked angrily at her over the rims of his spectacles, and without excessive assurance asserted his right to manage his business in his own way. An altercation began. The two customers watched the scene with interest and some amusement, occasionally assisting Mrs. Cave with suggestions. Mr. Cave, hard-driven, persisted in a confused and impossible story of an enquiry for the crystal that morning, and his agitation became painful. But he stuck to his point with extraordinary persistence. It was the young Oriental who ended this curious controversy— he proposed that they should call again in the course of two days, so as to give the alleged inquirer a fair chance. "'And then we must insist,' said the clergyman. Five pounds.' Mrs. Cave took it on herself to apologize for her husband, explaining that he was sometimes a little odd, and as the two customers left, the couple prepared for a free discussion of the incident in all its bearings. Mrs. Cave talked to her husband with singular directness. The poor little man, quivering with emotion, muddled himself between his stories, maintaining on the one hand that he had another customer in view, and on the other asserting that the crystal was honestly worth ten guineas. "'Why did you ask five pounds?' said his wife. "'Do let me manage my business my own way,' said Mr. Cave. Mr. Cave had living with him a stepdaughter and a stepson, and at supper that night the transaction was rediscussed. None of them had a high opinion of Mr. Cave's business methods, and this action seemed a culminating folly. "'It's my opinion he's refused that crystal before,' said the stepson, a loose-limbed lout of eighteen. "'But five pounds,' said the stepdaughter, an argumentative young woman of six-and-twenty. Mr. Cave's answers were wretched. He could only mumble weak assertions that he knew his own business best. They drove him from his half-eaten supper into the shop, to close it for the night, his ears aflame and tears of vexation behind his spectacles. Why had he left the crystal in the window so long, the folly of it? That was the trouble closest in his mind. For a time he could see no way of evading sale. After supper his stepdaughter and stepson smartened themselves up and went out, and his wife retired upstairs to reflect upon the business aspects of the crystal, over a little sugar and lemon, and so forth, in hot water. Mr. Cave went into the shop, and stayed there until late, ostensibly to make ornamental rockeries for goldfish cases, but really for a private purpose that will be better explained later. The next day Mrs. Cave found that the crystal had been removed from the window, and was lying behind some second-hand books on angling. She replaced it in a conspicuous position, but she did not argue further about it, as a nervous headache disinclined her from debate. Mr. Cave was always disinclined. The day passed disagreeably. Mr. Cave was, if anything, more absent-minded than usual, and uncommonly irritable withal. In the afternoon, when his wife was taking her customary sleep, 
he removed the crystal from the window again. The next day Mr. Cave had to deliver a consignment of dogfish at one of the hospital schools where they were needed for dissection. In his absence Mrs. Cave's mind reverted to the topic of the crystal and the methods of expenditure suitable to a windfall of five pounds. She had already devised some very agreeable expedients, among others a dress of green silk for herself and a trip to Richmond, when a jangling of the front doorbell summoned her into the shop. The customer was an examination coach who came to complain of the non-delivery of certain frogs asked for the previous day. Mrs. Cave did not approve of this particular branch of Mr. Cave's business, and the gentleman, who had called in a somewhat aggressive mood, retired after a brief exchange of words, entirely civil so far as he was concerned. Mrs. Cave's eye then naturally turned to the window for the sight of the crystal.